Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time, work, Friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. He takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs. Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points and the fine folks at Bet Online. And uh, I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co host, Dylan Reagan. And we are back for part three of our 2020 NFL mock draft extravaganza here on the podcast. And uh, if you're just catching on to the podcast for the first time, I would highly recommend that you go back and listen to the first two parts because uh, you're going to come into this saying, well, what happened before the number 17 pick? Uh, There was a lot that happened, uh, Dylan, because uh, we had several trades. Um, However, it does seem like uh, for these next eight picks, which is how we're doing it, uh, eight picks for each episode leading up to the draft next week, uh, this episode, Dylan, uh, going to feature a lot less trades uh, than we had in the first two uh, seems like things uh, are going to stay uh, to form right now unless one of us gets a, a grand idea as we go along here in making our picks. Yeah, in our pre-episode conversation, which is sort of the same thing that you'd hear on a, you know, any actual uh, talk between GMs about possible trades, we discussed uh, any uh, other tr- trades we might make in this range, looked at a couple, potentially starting with 17 with Dallas moving back, or a team trading up for Jordan Love potentially, but yeah, as you led with, uh, this is our first round, which will stay stagnant. Although I guess technically one of the picks um, is yeah. a little bit different than the actual true, uh, true uh, draft right now because of the the Dolphins trading up to take Tua, give away one of our picks from earlier in the these episodes, and now the Lions uh, have their number eighteen overall pick here instead. Yep. So the Lions are at eighteen. So keep that in mind um, as the Dolphins, uh, still unmentioned, did move up to number three to draft Tua. Uh, if you want the rest of those, go back, listen to those previous episodes, which we're actually probably going to mention uh, a couple here. We obviously have to mention the Lions' first pick when we get to them at number 18 because uh, that will determine uh, who they could potentially land uh, at number 18. But, uh, Dylan, we're going to start uh, this thing here uh, with your pick, as we do in all these since you won the coin toss and got the first pick uh, and had the slam dunk of uh, picking uh, Joe Burrow to the Bengals. Uh, you are on the board here at number 17 for the Dallas Cowboys, and 
um, you mentioned our pre-podcast you know, podcast discussion, which has become, uh, as you said, sort of a, a war room in and of itself these days. Um, this is a tough one, I yeah. think, for the Cowboys, uh, because if you look at some of the prospects that we're seeing them connected to, all of them are gone at this point. Um, you know, we, we mentioned names like potentially C.D. Lamb, um, even Jerry Judy, uh, you know, any of the wide receivers, basically. Um, C.J. Henderson, uh, the really talented cornerback uh, out of Florida, who is starting to get a lot more buzz. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, we may have hit that one on the, the head when we had the uh, the Falcons take him at number 16. But I, the Cowboys are in a spot where it's like, this is almost that spot, and, and this is not to knock any of the players, you know, moving forward, but mm-hmm. it's like, the, it seems like those 16 players that we already have off our board were the ones getting all the attention right now, which is understandable. But, like, beyond this, if you look at the Cowboys and what they need, I, I don't know exactly where they go here, and it feels like they've got a lot of different options, and that's why I'm glad you're making the pick for them and not me. <laughs> Yeah, as we talked about before, this would have been a heck of a lot easier for me if C.J. Henderson was not taken with the last pick in our last episode, because uh, that was definitely who I would have uh, slotted in here for the Cowboys, and a lot of mocks you'll see out there, that's who the Cowboys get if he does fall that far. But yeah, it becomes a lot more difficult from there. There are still a lot of great options that have been matched up. Uh, I One that I am not picking, but I'll go right into it, um, is one that's been kind of in this range is K. LeVon Chason possibly being an option. I got scared off by looking at uh, the PFF grades for him, and he's, he's just kind of right in the, in the 70s range for over, his overall among edge rushers. So uh, as much as he's a guy that is that seems like in most mocks is an absolute first-round pick, some are a little bit f- further back than others, but a lot have him in this range. I thought about him, and he definitely matches a need for Dallas, but uh, I'm, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> uh, like I said, I, I don't know. So, you know, sometimes, especially with uh, edge rushing and their, their grades, they really do translate pretty well uh, to the NFL and how they actually end up compared to you know some other stats where it's a, a lot harder to predict how a guy's going to make that transition. So looking at their other needs, I mean, corner's still an option. There's a couple guys, which we might get into the, in this episode, that uh, I thought about as well. But uh, I ended up going with, a guy that I think uh, you know a, a lot of teams in this range would love to have. It's not the biggest need, but still, I think a, a, the Cowboys right now at safety could use some help. So I'm going to go with Xavier McKinney from Alabama, where we are, you know really heavy on the Crimson Tide on this on this mock draft. Just another guy now in the top 17 uh, going there. But I think you know for what they need and what they as their secondary overall, it's just not. Uh, corner probably is the need that they should focus on. But at the end of the day, I, I don't like especially in the draft teams trade uh, you know. Picking guys just based on needs, I think you pick on potential, and I obviously am pretty high on McKinney. I, I think if the Dolphins don't make their trade um, to move up like we did in this mock, they're a team that could absolutely uh, try to grab him at number 18. But here for Dallas, uh, I think overall they'll be happy with the pick, even if they didn't get C.J. Henderson, the guy that really it seems like they uh, would absolutely want to have. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, I think it's what was the comparison we had saw? Maybe Earl Thomas was the one that, that we had saw Xavier. We talked about that on one of the previous podcasts. I can't remember, but I think that was right. Um, so, you know, certainly if, if you're going to draft a guy you think uh, that could, you know, have that type of possibility, I think it makes sense. Uh, and again, if none of those guys are there ahead of them, like we talked about uh, for the Cowboys, that could be one that, that can make a lot of sense for them. Uh, when it comes to you know potentially being in that spot and not trading up or down because 
I think that's something else we talked about. I, I, at this point in the draft, you know, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if the Cowboys moved this pick, you know, to maybe to move down. But it's just probably a matter of who wants to move up to, mm-hmm. to number seventeen. Um, that's one of those, you know. That's why we're not NFL GMs. Uh, we don't. We don't know who's trying to move up maybe to that spot at this point in the draft because uh, we don't exactly know what all these teams need. Uh, but I think you look at it now. Uh, Cowboys taking Xavier McKinney, and for me. That makes my pick for the Lions at number 18, uh, who are on the board here, a little bit more difficult (laughs) because I think the Lions, and we have to mention, uh, remember, we did make a swap with the Lions. They traded from three to five. Uh, The Dolphins took two at three. Lions took uh, Jeff Okuda from uh, Ohio State um, at number five. So they've already got help uh, in the secondary. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if Xavier McKinney would have been there, it probably wouldn't have taken him anyways uh, because they're already adding a cornerback to the mix and adding a, a safety as well. I, I just don't know that they would do that. <laughs> so I think for the Lions, a team that has literally a ton of needs here, I am actually going to go with a pick that I, I, honestly, and, and I'm, I'm worried about this one because oh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if it exactly makes sense for the Lions in this spot, if they were to pull off this trade here. Because the reason why is, I, I think you look at some of the boards, and it's very possible that the Lions could have a chance to get this guy in the exact same scenario with their with their second round pick at number thirty five, and so for me to take him at number eighteen, I know I can already <laughs> tell you right now, uh, the the reach were like it's it's going to be talked about a lot, and so I, even as I'm talking about it, I'm very <laughs> curious about this right now, but I think I'm going to do it anyways because we know they need help on both lines, um, and because we probably have better spots for some of these other guys. I am actually going to, and, and this guy, by the way, he has been, you know, in some of these spots where he has been going in the top 20 of some of these mock drafts, but you can also see some that think that he could potentially fall yeah. later in the in the first round to the bottom or the early second round. So because they need help on both lines, because they're trying to keep, you know, Matthew Stafford uh, protected, I am actually going to take Josh okay. Jones, the offensive tackle from Houston, uh, which is not someone I came into this thinking about, but the more I look at it, again, if we're assuming that the, that the Lions are in the spot and they've already addressed a big need on defense, I mean, this guy is, you know, pretty much consensus that the number five offensive tackle in this draft, and and that's not a bad thing because remember how good these other four are projected to be, and I think for a lot of people. You know, Jones could be in that same type of category. Mm -hmm. And one of the things noted by a lot of people who have mentioned the Lions connected to him um, was that Jones was on Matt Patricia's team at the Senior Bowl. And one of those where, you know, you could have a connection there. Um, You you know, you never know how that can play into this stuff. So I'm going to take Josh Jones for some help on the offensive line for the Lions. I think there are a lot of needs, like we said. Uh, We were laughing about it. We would be shocked if the Lions went with a running back. Um uh, probably, you know, even with Kevin on Johnson there, I don't think we'd be shocked with it. But knowing that they already feel like they have their lock in the secondary um, and with some of the question marks maybe surrounding some of these other defensive players, uh, mm-hmm. I think Josh Jones would make a lot of sense for, for the Lions here. Like you said, we kind of joked about how the, the Lions might take a running back, but this is obviously based on what we think these teams should do. So I definitely right. think Josh Jones in this spot makes a lot more sense. There's some mocks where he's gone as far as the top 10, and you talked about yep. his uh, playing for Patricia at the Senior Bowl. 
that was one of the guys that I believe one of the articles we talked about or some other site from the senior bowl quite a bit. Um, so yeah, for, for them, it makes a lot of sense. Like you said, they need a lot of help still on both sides of the ball. And I think, uh, you know, after getting their, their corner and Akuda at the top, uh, it makes a lot of sense. And yeah, overall, like, uh, you know, depending on where you look, if uh, whatever uh, different people kind of looking at different mock drafts all over the place, there, there are some where he's going above guys like Jedrick Wills even. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's definitely a fluid situation. And I think it's still a lot of value here for the Lions. And like, you know, like you said, he could be available in that, in that uh, beginning of the second round range. I don't think so. I feel like he probably would yeah. have gone somewhere in our last, uh, you know, how many picks after this, maybe not this episode, but the next one at least. Uh, so, yeah, it makes a lot of sense for Detroit. And I think, uh, I mean, they need to focus on a lot of things, <laughs> as we've talked about uh, more than, than a few times on this podcast. Uh, for all the good things they did on defense early in the year, I still think their defense is pretty, uh, still needs a lot more work. But I think in this spot, for a team that finished 27th in DVOA, running the football, uh, yeah, helping their offensive line out makes a lot of sense. And like you said, all, a guy that's uh, definitely in pass protection is one of his strong suits. So I think that will work out well for them as well. Well, for what it's worth, I'm just going to just plain out say it. Like, if I have the Saints number 24 pick, if he would have been there at number 24, I would have quickly yep. ran up and taken him probably for the Saints at 24. So um, so there you go. Like, that's that's sort of the difference there when it comes to if the Lions are in this spot, which, I mean, when we think about it, honestly, like, even if the Dolphins were in this spot, I think the Dolphins would probably consider it too. Yep. Um, so so he could be that guy that, that could go in this range uh, either way. And if, like you said, I don't, he would have never made it to 35. Uh, I think that there are several teams in the back back end of the, the first round, especially with one of the trades we made uh, earlier. Remember, we had the Browns moving to 31 now. We'll talk about that in the next episode, but uh, I don't think the Browns would have let him get away uh, there at 31. So uh, there you go. So Josh Jones uh, moving on to the Detroit Lions at number 18. And uh, speaking of wide ranges with players, I'm very curious where Dylan is going to go at number 19 because there is a player that has been rumored to be connected here, and it's one we mentioned even on the previous episode, um, talking about the wide range of this player. I don't know if Dylan's going to pull the trigger on him, uh, but uh, we will see as the Raiders are on the board at number 19. Yeah, I mean, I, I considered it, I, I and it, it feels like the kind of thing where I won't be surprised if John Gruden just gets that itch and looks at Jordan Love here and just pulls the trigger, seeing, oh my gosh, he's, all, he's falling down to 19. i got to do this, but uh, I, again, I can't... <laughs> keep stressing that uh, we're making these picks based on what we think would probably be best for the (laughs) franchise and for the team. And the two needs, yeah, going into the draft for the Raiders that for me were the biggest. We already addressed one for them in an earlier episode. I won't reveal which receiver they took, but we took a receiver with their first pick. Now we, now that here we are at 19 and I think corners, another spot they really need to uh, work on here with, especially with the Eli Apple deal falling through. Uh, I mean, their, their interior defensive line, uh, you know, some of the top guys we've talked about have already gone off the board as well. So those are the three spots I've kind of thought about uh, when I started looking at this. So now based on, there's a lot of good corners left and based and you know, depending on if you're reading NFL.com, ESPN, pro football focus, anyone, wherever it is, there's these corners are all over the place where they end up getting drafted and uh, how they're, um, how they are uh, prioritized. So I, you know, it, there's a lot of good options here. I, I don't think it's really a reach at this point for some of the guys that are still available, uh, guys like Trayvon Diggs, Fulton, Jalen Johnson. But I'm going to go with TCU's Jeff Gladney here. I think he fits well into what they're going to do uh, as a, on their. You know, he's got the comparable comparable uh, uh, from Danny Kelly of uh, the Ringer compared him to Darius Slay, 
and just fits well into what they're trying to do. I looked at also safety, but with Jonathan Abram, by all me, by all accounts, coming back fully healthy for this season, I didn't know if there was as big of a need. I think corner, they really need someone to try to stick with some of the, the guys that are in that division. Obviously, the Chiefs are the, the, their passing game, but overall, you can never have enough secondary help, and I think Gladney will fit well in with what they're trying to do in Oakland. Yeah, and that's what we said. It goes back to what we talked about earlier, and you, you teased that you know they we did wind up taking a receiver for them with that earlier pick. Now, if they were to, let's say, take C.J. Henderson in that spot instead, yeah. that would change a lot of things because then, honestly, I mean, I I think with this number nineteen pick, uh, you know, just kind of depending on where everything fell in front of them, you could potentially see uh-huh. maybe the Raiders trade this nineteen pick back. Um, to pick up some more picks. Yeah, because I I think they could trade back several spots at least and probably get one of these other receivers that we'll probably end up talking about here pretty soon, like Justin Jefferson or or T. Higgins or or guys like that. Um, So, yeah, that's again, and and we keep going back to this, but like that's that's what we say when we we bring up, you know, these contingencies because every pick like all of a sudden just changes the next one and and the ones after that. Um, So that's what makes it a lot more interesting. Speaking of interesting, uh, winning money is interesting, and uh, you can do that at uh, Bet Online. And while there is currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB going on, we continue to tell you that uh, you may think that there's nothing to bet on, but you would continue to be wrong because our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker to blackjack, they are always bringing Vegas to you. So if you're missing the NFL, uh, no problem at all because Bet Online now has the live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations that you can bet on. Plus, you can still bet on uh, all the things we talked about Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, the stock prices, and even Nathan's hot dog eating contest. And the best part is, it's all open 24 hours a day and it's all online. All you got to do is use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, BLUEWIRE, uh, to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Uh, Bet Online is your online wagering solution. All right, Dylan, we move on here uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars at number 20. Um, I think for the Jags, uh, another team that, uh, look, they have a lot of needs. And uh, we addressed one of those at number nine uh, when you took Javon Kinlaw uh, to help mm-hmm. uh, there, and that was a big need for them. Obviously, to have someone um, you know that can that can help them uh, in that part of things, and uh, I, I think that makes it more interesting for me because I look around at the Jags now, and <laughs> I'll tell you, like I b- because they took Kenlaw, I, I'm also looking at this and thinking, if I'm the Jags and I want to get a one-two punch on defense. I think the best way to do that would be if you get Ken Law at number nine, you take LSU's Caleb on chase on here at number 20. But essentially, I mean, again, w- would you kind of go in that same sort of range there? And that's what I go back to with the Jags is that I don't know that they would. But again, I, I don't know where I would go for the Jags at this point because I, I think they have become a team that we mentioned not having trades. Like I, I could honestly see the Jags moving down here. Um, and I also think that there's a lot of options here with what they could go. One of their needs that's not being discussed. And I know this is going to probably, uh, be something that, uh, wide receiver. I mean, I know that, you know, I, man, I don't know. They got DJ chart. Like I just, I keep going back to it though. Like, 
what if they can combine DJ Chark and Justin Jefferson? You get the two LSU guys. Um, you know, you've got all those options now on offense. I am stumped for the Jags here. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do with the Jags. And I, again, I, I know this is probably going to go against what the common thought would be, but I am actually going to pick Caleb on chase on in this spot at number 20, because I think he's the best player on the board. And I know, you know, we, we took Javon Kinlaw early, but if the Jags want to rebuild their entire defense, just take both of these guys uh, and go with it. I know they've got needs on offense, but I do think that if someone, well, I guess, for example, if someone like Josh Jones was sitting here as on the offensive line, I think that would be a good spot. But the fact that he's gone, the fact that, you know, a top cornerback in C.J. Henderson isn't there, uh, you just took another cornerback for the Raiders. I almost think that if I'm the Jags, I take the best player here, and I think that's probably Caleb on chase on. Uh, I, I just think I would rather do that if I'm the Jags than, than maybe take one of these other guys, uh, linebacker, maybe like a, a Kenneth Murray or, or a Patrick Queen. So I'm going to stick with it and uh, give the Jags another guy that can rush the quarterback, uh, which uh, that, that will help them in their defense. Yeah, I, I, out of their needs, I, I know you mentioned receiver, but I, I definitely still think their defensive line and their yeah, I mean, obviously we address that with a defensive tackle already, but yeah. on the edge is definitely the biggest thing outside of maybe even corners still. But like you said, uh, right now would they take one of the corners left? I think they might, but um, out of the edge rushers, I know I, I mentioned my a couple comments on Chase on, but still really raw a player that overall I, I mean depend for his own sake. I feel like maybe it would be better if he ended up on a, a team that's and a little better position to win now and with the yeah. coaching staff that is able to mold him. I, you know, Jacksonville, we'll see what happens this year. It's like going to be a lot, a big transition for them, even from last season. So, uh, man, I, yeah, he's still hopefully for their sake and for him uh, ends up working out well. There are some other guys I, I know I mentioned one name earlier that could have fit here possibly. Another one that might come up pretty soon, Zach Vaughn from Wisconsin. But uh, overall, yeah, I mean, as I was saying before, this guy, it depends on who you talk to and who you're reading from or what podcast you listen to, how highly they rate Chase on. He's kind of one of the more that's a little more argued about overall. So uh, overall, really, this is probably where he'll end up uh, sliding in in the draft, if not a little bit earlier. So it makes sense for Jacksonville here. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll take him, another you know defensive potential weapon for them on defense. And uh, so the Jags go double defense here, although I think – like I said, I could see them taking a receiver too. Like, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they were to take someone like Jefferson or, or T. Higgins mm-hmm. or, or someone like that um, at receiver to address another need uh, that, that I don't think is getting talked about enough. I mean, look, DJ Chark broke out, but uh, I still think there are some questions for them uh, at receiver uh, when you look at uh, the Jags and, and, of course, quarterback. Like, what, what if the Jags join in on the Jordan Love uh, situation? Um, maybe. You never know. Um, all right, that brings to number 21 for the Philadelphia Eagles. And speaking of receivers, uh, I think you see the Eagles connected to a receiver in literally yeah. the, every single mock draft that's ever been created for the 2020 mock mm-hmm. draft. Um, so we'll see if Dylan uh, is going that route uh, with this pick here at number 21. Yeah, it's it's a tough one for me. I You know, they, they've they already, in terms of, you know, of corner, as we've talked about so many times, they've already kind of addressed that with the Darius Slade trade. So I'm not – Gonna go there. There's uh, two. I mean, offensive line. There's still a, a lot of great options on the board. I might consider that, but it really comes down to yeah, receiver is the one that gains all of the you know national headlines. We talk about it a lot on this podcast uh, in terms of last year, where it was just it was a, you know pick out pick a name out of a hat and figure out who the guy is. Yep. Dudes were coming out of nowhere 
becoming big names in that offense. But then inside the linebacker is it's just they don't really have a lot of depth there at all. It's it's not great. So uh, you'll see a lot of times Patrick Queen connected to them. He's a guy that I really even to this moment was still uh, heavily considering. Um, and I, but I do think with Justin Jefferson, you made it a little bit. You know, if you had picked him, it would have been an easier <laughs> pick for me here because I probably would have just gone with Queen. But I'm gonna stick with Justin Jefferson. I'm gonna ah, stick to the, man. the narrative. I'm gonna stick with the <laughs> what this uh, you know what they really uh, on offense need to address the biggest. Um, I, I think his ability in the slot, especially, I think will really help out their offense. Uh, a team that, as we've talked about quite a bit, uses a lot of uh, double tight end personnel. Uh, but still, still, obviously, uh, even if they're not using as many three wide receiver sets, I still think it is really valuable to have a guy with Justin Jefferson's skill set to still have him on the field and uh, passing situations in particular. And overall, I just they could have waited and maybe could have if they they could have been a team that could have traded back and then somehow with those picks, you know, got one of these receivers that is going to come a, a little bit later on the board. There's a lot of value early in that second round, so you know maybe I won't be surprised by any means if they trade back and then they're still able to get. Um, a corner um, and then inside another one of these linebackers that we've talked about in their first three picks of the draft. But uh, I'm going to stick with Justin Jefferson here, even though I'm in my mind, I'm like, I'm not sure about not getting Patrick <laughs> Queen, but I'm going I'm to stick with Jefferson for the Eagles. Well, there goes my pick uh, for the Vikings. Uh, he was already on my board. <laughs> he was on the card, ready to be ran to the Microsoft surface. Um, but uh, it looks like the Eagles are, are stealing one away from the Vikings here, but yeah, like you said, I, I think that's they're, they're connected to receivers the most, and uh, it would make a lot of sense uh, for them uh, in terms of, of picking that spot. And and that does bring us uh, to the Vikings at number twenty-two because uh, I think they're another team that you know obviously you trade Stephon Diggs. Um, we all talked this week has been about the Vikings just having a you know lack of receivers, and this is where I think the Vikings, Dylan, are in a good spot because. We know they have two picks that are so close together. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably just a matter of who you want because you you know you feel like you're probably going to have some good value both at 22 and 25. And so, does it make sense to take a receiver at 22 or 25? I don't know that, it, that there's going to be a huge difference uh, based on you know what they're yeah. able to do here and what the maybe the, the players that are going to still be available for them. Um, so that makes it, you know, a little bit easier, I think for me in this pick, and I'm going to stick with a wide receiver and we've talked about him too. Uh, I am going to pick T Higgins, uh, from Clemson. I, I think that, you know, if Justin Jefferson's not there, uh, look, you've got T Higgins at six foot three. I mean, I think that's the one thing. And, and you've mentioned you know, all the draft analysts have talked about it. You know, you've got a Kuiper's mentioned it, McShay's mentioned everyone's talked about mm-hmm. it. Just the size of a guy like that. Um, and, you know, Stefan Diggs, a little bit different of a player, but I think if you add T. Higgins to the mix, um, you throw him in there with, with Adam Thielen. And again, I, I'm saying this because I, I feel pretty confident that in one of those two spots, the Vikings are going to take a receiver. And it's probably just mm-hmm. a matter of when do you think, you know, you need to take them. Um, if you look at the teams behind it, you know, I don't think the Patriots are taking a receiver, but I do think the Saints could potentially take a receiver. So I think if you're the Vikings, if you're in love with T. Higgins or if you're in love with Justin Jefferson, you want to get him and make sure you have him and, and maybe keep him away from the Saints. Uh, I would take <laughs> I would take T. Higgins here, uh, number twenty two for the Vikings. 
Yeah, I think even a little further, the Packers probably were hoping that he might fall. But again, there are so many great options. So yeah. uh, I think those teams will, will work out fine for whoever they end up picking up. But yeah, it makes sense in terms of who they're uh, with, what the Vikings are going to do. I, I thought maybe Denzel Mims is a receiver that might go this high and one that has uh, been connected in one of those mocks. I think Kuypers to the Vikings. But I mean, Higgins, I, it's easy for me to say, considering he's one of the players that you watch so much because he's on a, one of the top five teams in the country all throughout <laughs> yeah. the year. Um, I mean, the dude is just a stud, and obviously I think he'll fit well into what they're doing there. Uh, he's not, you know, exactly the, the giant burner that we uh, we saw with you know some of the guys earlier in the draft necessarily. It's still, uh, still just, a, just a guy that's going to go out there and make big plays for them. I, I think for the Vikings' point of view, this is a good pick for them. It will help their offense, and, you know, with obviously Stefan Diggs being gone, uh, not that they, they still, I mean, Adam Thielen is Adam Thielen, right? But uh, he's the clear-cut number one receiver. But they still need, you know, something else, another one-two punch. So, uh, you know, like you said, Justin Jefferson might have fit a little better in here. Although, I mean, Thielen's still great out of the slot when he's used there. So uh, I think t- I, it'll, it'll give them another element of their offense, which they haven't really had. I mean, they haven't really had that big, you know, really tall kind of receiver that can make the plays that T. Higgins has in a long time. He's not. I'm not going to try to ever compare anyone to Randy Moss, <laughs> yes. at all, and I'm not doing that here. But I'm just thinking about like that kind of weapon for the Vikings offense. It's not really something they've had in recent history. Yep. Uh, so there you go. Just a receiver, and like we said, I I think we'd both be surprised if the Vikings don't take a receiver with one of these two picks uh, because of how deep it is, and knowing that they have two. You know, and, and look, potentially there are they a team that moves up to get one of these other guys? Um, you know, may, maybe they are, and maybe they're one that that wants someone else, and they can move up uh, and grab them, just depending on how the draft board falls. But that does bring us to number twenty-three, which is uh, as usual, it's the team everybody's talking about, uh, especially in an off season like this where they lose Tom Brady, and uh, everyone wants to find the Patriots a new quarterback, Dylan. And um, I tend to think that you are not going to give them one here at number twenty-three, um, and. <laughs> As we talked about before we started in our, in our war room session, um, I just I just don't see the Patriots trading up for a quarterback unless they are trading all the way up there to get Justin Herbert or Tua. Like, I, I just don't think that, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe I'm wrong on that. They don't maybe. really have that much draft exactly. capital to make it happen. <laughs> and that's the year. thing is, like, you know, people say, well, what if the Raiders maybe tried to take Jordan Love at 19? With the, with the Patriots, if they just absolutely love this guy. I mean, would they find a way? Maybe. But I just tend to think that the Patriots are probably going to stay right here. And and knowing Bill Belichick, they're going to pick, you know, probably the best player on the board they can find uh, that fits how they want to play. Uh, so we'll see uh, if that's what you're going with here at number 23. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've talked a little bit about Jordan Love and, and some of the past podcasts here. Um, I I, I'm not sold. I mean, I hope he does really well in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I, he has some really great tools, but uh, w- one of the things about him, I there's the, you, you, I think you mentioned on one of the podcasts earlier about you know the drop off in his stats from 2018 to 19, and there's yep. some connection of that you know to his actual teammates. But when you look at you know just isolating his own play, I mean, he, there was I forgot the exact stat. Some uh, some writer put it up in terms of off target throws. He's way up there compared to. And these are these are throws when he's not under pressure. A guy's open, and they're just not having catchable passes consistently. Uh, yeah, fourth most open throws in the class, and he was only 22nd in accuracy percentage. So there you go. <laughs> uh, I I just don't I just don't see Bill Belichick looking at Jordan Love and, and seeing like the value at this spot. If one thing with the picks uh, after this, the, the Patriots I believe fall back until the third round is their uh, next pick. They have a comp pick at the end of the third round, but. 
I think they, yeah, they're absolutely a team at this spot that I would think they might trade back and try to get um, another third round pick or something else. Um, and there's still a lot of good players on the board. And as we've talked about, once we get kind of in from here into the beginning of the second round, there's not a ton of separation yep. where I'm, uh, I'm necessarily uh, too concerned about what the value is. So I think just given Belichick's past, uh, we, in our mock draft, we do not have them trading back, but I, I would not be surprised at all. So then now uh, we are we are picking here. So I got to <laughs> kind of, again, Jordan Love for me, not going to be the guy that's going to go here. Um, looking at their different needs, uh, you can yeah, obviously quarterback still one that's still going to be there. Tight ends, I don't know if they're going to pick a tight end with some of the guys that are available this high. Uh, obviously, and there's no real replacing. I know we're two years removed from Rob Gronkowski at this point. There's no real replacing that kind of guy. I you know I think maybe of Cole Komet from Notre Dame here yeah. for them. I that's one that I'm definitely considering, but. I'm looking more at linebacker and possibly Zach Bond is one that I thought uh, quite a bit about as well. Oh no! Don't uh, don't take my pick, man. I'm I'm not. So we'll have a little preview of who's going to come up here. <laughs> I'm I'm going to go with uh, Iowa defensive end AJ. Oh, okay. I think he fits in well into what they want to do. Uh, he has a uh, Belichick goes back with Kurt Ferentz for a long time. Uh, he fits into their three four scheme really well. So. I, I just with the guys that are available, like I said, Bond maybe, but I think in this case, Epineza is more likely. I think the value is great here. I think he's a guy that, as I mentioned earlier in the draft, even uh, not too long ago, I thought about picking him as well. So I think he slides well into the Patriots. Uh, again, though, I, I really do think just don't be surprised if they trade back here. It could happen. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think we could see a trade for other Patriots, depending on how the board plays out. And I was telling you not to make you know, take my pick because I thought, <laughs> I thought you were going to go linebacker and there are several options here, but um, yeah, for the Patriots, like we said, I, I think knowing how they operate, um, you know, those, those connections make sense. And, and I think for them, you know, th- there are a lot of positions, you know, this is, I mean, look, this is an off season where the Patriots have a lot more needs maybe than they usually yep. have. And mm-hmm. um, so I think that uh, that brings about a lot more variety in terms of the direction they could go. Um, so we'll we'll go with that here uh, for the Patriots in terms of, of addressing uh, a need on defense. And that leads us to our final pick of this episode, number 24, the New Orleans Saints. Um, the reason I was uh, yelling at Dylan is because I didn't want him to take uh, the linebacker that I was going to take here. And, and, you know, we talk about fit and we talk about the story. Uh, I think this one would make too much sense. I teased earlier that I would probably, if I were the Saints and let's say Josh Jones was still there, I think that would be a no-brainer for him uh, to take him uh, number 24 uh, to help out the offensive line. But now that he's not there, uh, I think they're going to go to the defensive route. Um, you know, could be interesting still if they, they were to maybe go wide receiver here um, with some of the options that, that are still available. We've talked about the depth of this wide receiver class. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's possible. You know, I think they, they may be more likely if a Justin Jefferson or T. Higgins was sitting here at 24. But instead, I'm going to go defense, and I'm going to keep it local uh, for the Saints, and I'm going to take Patrick Queen, uh, the linebacker from LSU. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we talk about connections, as I said. I mean, certainly, you know, someone who played in Baton Rouge, uh, I think that would be a very popular pick for the Saints because uh, you do see them connected a lot at linebacker. And, um, you know, Kiko Alonso, we talked about the, the injuries there. And um, I just, look, that's one of the areas that seems like a no-brainer for the Saints, and it's probably just a matter of, uh, okay, do you want to take Patrick Queen? Uh, do you want to take Kenneth Murray? I think either one would be good picks, but if I'm the Saints and I'm looking at that scenario and saying, okay, 
if we have to pick between Queen and Murray, knowing how many LSU fans are here in New Orleans, yeah. um, I'm probably <laughs> I'm probably going to take Queen in that scenario. Although, I mean, look, Oklahoma's not that far uh, from there. You probably got a lot of uh, Oklahoma fans in New Orleans too. But uh, yes, I think Patrick Queen uh, would be the pick there for them. Yeah, I thought you know I thought potentially beforehand you might go for a corner as well. There's a, you know Gladney. There's still a lot of guys in that kind of range that kind of would fit as well. But yeah, I mean Patrick Queen is a great pick. I, I still think it, it's possible that the Eagles will wait on taking a receiver, and the Queen might have been the guy that they would have to kind of jumpstart the middle of their defense. Uh, you know, really just uh, I mean if you watch a lot of LSU football, obviously the offense is what is going to draw you in the most from last season. But that defense was really exciting. They had a great time uh, picking on def- uh, opposing offenses, trying to keep up with them. Yeah. And I mean, Queen was, you know, really right in the middle of the thick of everything they did. Just sort of, I think it, what he's going to do at the NFL level is just going to be tremendous. And I, yeah, for the Saints to have that kind of burst uh, for their defense, you know, it's still a solid unit overall. But I think this, along with corner, I still think they could work, uh, get some work there. And another team that with, uh, you know, not having a second round pick, maybe they would be. Another one, all these teams kind of in this late 20s range, I can see if they got the right offer to move back, maybe they're not going to get them necessarily. Um, so, yeah, Kenneth Murray definitely was one, as you said as well, that would fit. <laughs> but uh, I think, uh, you know, in my opinion, the best inside linebacker on the board overall is Patrick Queen. So to get him at 24, it's pretty good value for the Saints. Yep. And to get him at 24 in New Orleans, I think it's just it's way too much sense. Uh, if you're the Saints and you want a linebacker at 24, uh, Patrick Queen uh, would probably be the best choice. So uh, there you go. There are uh, our picks up to number 24, and uh, that will wrap up uh, this specific episode of our mock draft. Uh, but again, if you haven't listened to the previous ones, go back, listen to those. That way you're caught up uh, before our next episode, and uh, you'll get the uh, the grand finale for our mock draft, uh, as it will be draft week, Dylan, when we do this uh, podcast next uh, we will be gearing up uh, for the start of the draft, and we'll have a lot more exciting stuff on the way, just as we do, Dylan, uh, over clutch points, lots of draft stuff, uh, lots of uh, reaction to some of the free agency signings, and, of course, uh, we will be all about the draft uh, next week. Yeah, next week we're going to have the three episodes, like we I think we mentioned on the last podcast. Uh, we'll finish our mock draft. We'll have one final preview that will come out Thursday morning, and then uh, sometime uh, Friday we'll have yeah, the night of the first round of the draft. We're going to have our reactions and kind of cover all that. So lots of lots of podcast content you can get on Apple anywhere you listen to podcasts within the Clutch Points app. You can read in our Clutch Points app on the NFL section all of our NFL content as well as on ClutchPoints.com. If you click on the NFL tab at the top there. Uh, all of our NFL content mostly focused on the draft right now. We've we've gone over a lot of uh, looking back as well at some of the best draft picks each team has made in their franchise's history, as well as the biggest bust for each team. So we've got you know evergreen kind of stuff. We got stuff that's happening now, and obviously that yeah, we'll see if anything really changes overall on the rumor front from now to Monday. I know there's it's been dispelled. Uh, by a couple uh, sources since. But, yeah, this morning was that Odell Vikings <laughs> thing. I woke up to that, and I was like, what the heck is going on? But it doesn't seem like there's too much to it. But, you know, crazier things have happened. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know about that one. But, nonetheless, yeah, we got it all covered at Clutch Points. Sorry, T. Higgins. If uh, the Vikings get Odell Beckham Jr., I am not going to be picking you at 22. 
Um, I think that uh, <laughs> they probably wouldn't need a wide receiver in that spot. But, yeah, like you said, a lot of great stuff going on over Clutch Points, and uh, we will look ahead to uh, part four of our mock draft, and uh, we may have to find a trade somewhere in this part four, and uh, we'll see if anyone uh, willing to move up or move down uh, once we get to our next episode. So be sure to check all that stuff out at Clutch Points. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on any podcast app you use, and uh, thanks as always to the fine folks at Blue Wire and Bet Online for all that they do. And uh, thank you as always for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Established the Past Podcast. <laughs>